Welcome to the show, by the way, for any of you who joined us before. And and now Fred's gone. Yeah. Do you see that? Like, it literally, it it did that thing again where, ugh. Something uh, new. Something new. As soon, Fred's Fred's system, for some reason. Yeah, doesn't like the Facebook. The moment we connect, then he goes away. All right. Well, you're going to have to go and come back, too. All right. So he's on a different panel. Yeah. All right. You're, uh, can't. You, you can't maneuver the panel? Uh, I, I, uh, I can't. I can't yeah. do it. I can't do it right now. So literally we hit, I hit record and uh, I hit uh, go live on Facebook and then you disappeared. Yes. <clears throat> I got my cursor over okay and at the last second my finger moved and I hit end meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was you. Oh yeah, it was me definitely. Oh, okay, so Dan, Dan, it wasn't the uh, the system. It was that he uh, he went to uh, hit <clears throat> OK as in accept the Facebook uh, live stream, <laughs> and then he, he he hit end meeting. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, are you going to put your uh, camera back on, or is that not working? Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah, just at the last second, my finger just moved, and it went over to um, end meeting, and I. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't around much yesterday. Is the Queen's funeral over? Has it ended? Well, probably not. Okay. I listened okay. to it for an hour and a half on the way to uh, the Niagara region, and it was fascinating. Listening to it was fascinating? Yeah. Yeah, you got the, I got all the information, you know, theater of the mind, Dan. Mm. Oh, okay, with the singing and the, all of it. It was just uh, the, the historic moments and all that stuff. But I just wasn't sure if it was over yet. Wow. wow. Yeah. I, I was tired of it, I think, last Thursday. But um, my favorite part was when she was in the fi- the church, Westminster is Abbey or something. I don't know. And her casket literally drops below the floor. Like, it's there. And then it actually goes in. Oh, really? Ground. I didn't see that. Yes, because oh. it's going down to where the crypts are, wherever, where they take the body and then put it in the vault. <sighs> oh. Which happens. So they have, a, they have a, a, an elevator system from the That's right. Yeah. And that's the crypt elevator, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, they didn't have that. They probably didn't even have that for when her dad died. But it was just really cool. It's. As the guy's doing the final prayer. Yeah, there was a few prayers. Jesus. Uh, the It just started to lower into the floor. It was cool. Wow. That was my favorite part. And it also signified that this may be finally over. Yeah. Fred, could you turn your uh, volume up just a little bit? All right. The, the singing, the singing, I thought, was pretty... Uh pretty spot on there was excellent choir work i gotta say in that thing so you like the elevator you like the singing (laughs) what did you like well well i'm gonna tell you i did have a moment or two as i was driving thinking about you know the passage of time and how you know forget whether you like the monarchy or not it's just kind of cool when something that the whole entire planet is aware of at once. You know, it's like why I like, at the beginning of the Super Bowl, I always have this feeling like I'm one of a billion people doing the same thing, like watching this event. And that's kind of what I thought yesterday, that, you know, that a lot of people 
in some form or another, TV, radio, whatever, streaming, were witnessing that yesterday. That's what I thought. The spectacle of it all. Yeah, the spectacle and the fact that, you know, there aren't a lot of events, uh, historical or otherwise, that the entire globe is um, somewhat focused on. Yeah. Although in a society, you know, a world society where we should all be considered equal human beings, it just seems odd to me that one gets that upon their death. And, and I know that's that's just me. And not to take anything away from what you said, Howard, I, I totally agree. It's from that from that perspective. Yes, it's a world event. And how, how are you not drawn into it and find some interest in it? Um, but something just tugs at me all the time about she's no better than anyone else. In fact, there's probably a lot of people better than her that will die on the street today and be pushed aside. Hmm. That's all. That's well, how I mean, my mind works. Yeah. I mean, there are people, athletes, you know, authors, performers, scientists. Sure. There are people that are given special treatment because of their achievements, but saying that, you know, she's no better than anyone else. I mean, again, I know that's your your bit and everything, but, but it's, you know, it's not a bit. It is a bit. a bit. It's a, you know, and again, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, there are people that will die on the streets. I mean, think about the, the prime ministers, the presidents, the people, the policies. I mean, she had a pretty big impact on history for 70 years. And to say that she's no better than Gene, the homeless dude here. She, isn't. she is better. <laughs> Come no, on. She isn't that, no, see, that's the thing. All this pomp and uh, ceremony, yeah. and so it's all created around them. Those people create that status, you know, upon death. Um, it, it doesn't sit well with me. It never No, had. I know it doesn't. But, but here's the thing. If she, I, I almost get it with an elected official. I, I, I sort of understand that. Someone that worked hard, achieved, they were elected, they were re-elected, they did everything they needed to sort of achieve that status. To me, that's a whole other ball game. But we will always, I guess, disagree on that. I, to me, it's just, I found it not offensive, but just over-the-top needless. But. And what parts do you find offensive? People, there was people in line for 24 hours to walk. By and, that. and why do you think they were like, so, I mean, I, I'm not, no, no, I, know I don't want to, I don't want to make this an argument because right. I, I, cause I mostly agree with you, but I, I think there's something that is missing from your argument. And I just wonder, why do you think right. people would have lined up because, because say what you will about being elected or not. And I, I've written down this for later. Because I, I was going to say, just park the queen for a second. You know, she's not going anywhere. You know, I, I've <laughs> yeah, been... Park, park, park her. her she's fine. The <laughs> she's fine. She's, <laughs> she's in some... She's like in the wine cellar. And I get what you're saying. The pomp, the circumstances. And is any human being greater than other? I, I, believe me, I know that. I'm not being argumentative for that just for the fun of it. But I want to understand your assessment of why would somebody line up for 24 hours why would somebody on their own dime there was a politician i read about that with no official um nothing official flew there on their own dime lined up for hours just to pay respects to this person so why do you think that is because they're caught up in it all and i and i'm not arguing i see how people get caught up in it i just 
and it's obvious they do. Somebody lined up for 24 hours to walk by that casket. I can't, listen, I can't understand it. I would never do it. And when I sort of step back, and I'm not British, you know, I'm not from there. Maybe if I was a Brit, my attitude would be completely different. But this is a king and queen thing. You know, we've both said over the years, it's like, it's something that's horribly outdated for in our minds, maybe not to others, of course. And I know you always, that you know, everybody doesn't think the same way. Well, of course, that's where debate comes from. That's where decisions are made and things change because people don't <laughs> all think the same way. So I get all that. But the way I think, not being elected in this day and age, the money it takes. And, you know, we're going to go into a whole new phase now. Let's see how he makes up, uh, makes out and what the attitude towards the monarchy is now. And all those questions need to be answered. But to my mind, my perspective, it's over the top. Well, let me start it's by silly. saying thank you for your perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. there are special people. When Paul McCartney dies, will he, you know, there are people that you will be like, oh, I, that, that will have an impact on... Their passing will have an impact on you, and it may not have an impact on others the same way. Right. I'm not saying so, it had a big impact on me, other than, you know, maybe I learned a little bit this last week or so about why her and that monarchist uh, world <laughs> means so much to people. Because prior to this, I was, uh, and I'm still, you know, I'd say mostly on board with what you're saying. It sort of seems needless and ceremonial and why, but you asked the question, why is, why are some people's lives more important? You can't, what I think I've learned, I'll just say what I think I've learned, that her life had, she was, there was a lot more impact on the, on the 70 years than just being a ceremonial tea server. Like, you know what I mean? Like the things I heard yesterday and over the week, of of her service, the actual service that she did and, and the comfort she, she brought, etc. And what she meant to those people, because it wasn't just the British people. People came from all over the planet. Mm-hmm. So it had an impact, whether you agree with it or not, you can't argue that it had an impact on on the planet in a way that very few people do. Do you know what you just described almost describes religion to a T, the thing that we're always hammering away at? In, that's well, my problem with it. I don't know. I see again. I, I I don't agree with that either. But uh, let's just keep the, the the what I learned for the last week and a half is that her she meant something to more than just the people of Great Britain, and and also learned what the monarchy brings in. I think Dan even mentioned this. Oh, no, uh, monetarily, yeah. like whatever it's co- whatever they get paid and what it's costing, they're bringing in. They brought in a lot of dough for that country. And probably why it continues. That was a, her death is a cash cow for Britain. No, absolutely. For sure. No question. <laughs> well, no question. <laughs> with that, every, you know, it's funny you say that because it's like no matter what happens in the MAGA world, there's it seems they've got a T-shirt for it. That's another thing that makes me laugh. It's like it's like the Nat- the only thing that's different than the Nazis is that the Nazis didn't have the same like like T-shirt and social media presence. <laughs> Their promo team, <laughs> promo the Nazis <laughs> promo team was nowhere near as good as the MAGA people. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, the Queen's death was also a a boon to the 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 monarch business. Huge. Oh yeah. And I can imagine the T-shirts you may have seen over there over yeah. the weekend. It, it gave everyone. You know, every 
peddler in Britain, a, a, you know, an excuse to to do mm-hmm. something. <laughs> and I'm I'm willing to have the discussion too about like should it continue? I don't know. I mean, it's. Uh, I just, but but back all of that, park it for a second. And what I listen as I listened to it yesterday on the way to this tournament, again I was sort of struck by the fact that everyone on Earth at some point yesterday, not everyone, but a lot of people on the planet, were certainly thinking, acknowledging, noticing, whatever it is, one event, which is sort of rare in our mm-hmm. in our day and age. Right. And don't get me wrong, I watched. Well, I watched a highlight package actually on the BBC, and I just happened to catch it, and I thought, oh, this is cool. So in about 40 minutes, I got beginning to end. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I, I listen, I, I would love, I'd love to see what the TV ratings are in Canada at 4 a.m. yesterday morning, because that's when it started. And there was people, I'm sure, in this country up at 4 a.m. to watch it. Well, I'll tell you what, that's it's, great. it was better than the CFL numbers. <laughs> it was it was certainly some well and, and then to say like you're you know does anyone's life matter more does mccartney's life matter more than the buddy who you know is selling uh, perfume and fireworks at the corner like theoretically no but mccartney's had a bigger impact on the planet than you know say mm-hmm. a couple of more ex-morning guys that are desperately hanging on to the last vestiges of their local you know notoriety and remember, when McCartney dies, it's going to be sad, but, you know, it'll be sad in the news for a couple of days, and there will be a memorial, and somebody will have a memorial concert, and it'll be over. Um, you know, like it it has been for other notable rock stars or actors or whatever, but, I mean, this is at a whole other level. Oh, yeah. It is. Well, because, you know, McCartney's lineage as a musician doesn't go back 1,500 or whatever, 100 years. That was the thing, too, that was pretty, you know, especially because uh, I've been watching, you know, Game of Thrones and now House of the Dragon. The, the, the idea that the, the human being that passed away, their lineage as a ruler goes back all those generations is pretty interesting. And again, there's not a lot to compare it to nowadays. That's all. Well, um, again, that's sort of why I use the religion analogy because it's, you know, back then, centuries ago, I understood how kings and queens developed and, you know, how that came to be. But like religion, now, today, it's like, hmm, doesn't hold up. Yeah, do we really need That's it? All. No, I get that. Do part. we really need it? You know, Dan, it's analogous to the Star Wars franchise. I mean, it goes back to the 1970s. <laughs> you know, every yeah, time yeah, I see yeah. a new Star Wars uh, thing coming out on Apple TV, I go, you can trace that to the, you know, back to the original <laughs> right, Lucas that, film. That first one. I, I, yeah, one thing that I've reflected on, which I hadn't really thought of before. Reflect away. I'm, which Fred, I, I totally agree with Fred on, you know, I, I don't see any point in it. And it's. And it's uh, in its whole, how it inflect, in, uh, affects all our politics, just in the, the structure and what I don't have any time for it. But you got to reflect on the fact that, that from this point in time forward, compared to where she's been and what she did with the monarchy and, and the influence she had, I think, and the stability she had kind of in the world, there was that sort of sense of it. Where it's going from here, I don't know how, uh, how Charles can pull anything off that anywhere close to what she did. In, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen, but it just seems like a letdown now to me. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him on the heels of her. It's like, you know, it's like anything else. It's, 
you know, when you have somebody there for 70 years and establish what she did, it's mm-hmm. a tough job. No, it's never falling. Everything he does, he's going to be compared to her. Sure. It's never easy following a legend. Just ask Blundell. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess I, I'm sort of stuck on this idea of the passage of time and, you know, the people and the and the way the world has changed since she became queen in 1952. And, and you're right, you know, I mean, at one time, the monarchy, religion, that was the politics of the day, and they were intertwined, the Church of England, all that stuff. And, you know, it's why... It's interestingly that you brought up religion, interesting, I should say, that you brought up religion because it was religion that is the reason she was queen. Because if if they had allowed uh, her father's brother to marry the divorcee, God forbid, she never would have been queen. Right. Yeah. You imagine that? That was like the 1940s that he wasn't allowed to marry a woman who had been divorced because of religion. Yes. Which, as we know, is the root of all evil. Right. And even <laughs> even through the ceremonies that I saw over the past week or so, how, whatever long it was, um, I was surprised. I didn't know the monarchy was that entrenched in religion. I oh, didn't. Yeah. Well, I just she, didn't like I knew I knew it was, you know, Church of England and all that stuff, but not it was pretty prominent. Yeah. Through everything. And I well, a, and back to your point about, you know, back in the days of your and I say that Y-O-R-E, um, the church and the the monarchy, that was what ruled the people. Yeah. You know, Yes. And it was Henry VIII that uh, broke away from the Catholic Church. I believe that's how it worked, because something to do with him wanting to getting it. Yeah, he, 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 they yeah. wouldn't allow it. Yeah, when he wasn't eating turkey legs. Mm-hmm. But, but that's the thing, like like mm-hmm. that sort of classic, you know, sloth monarch who just sits or lays around eating grapes and having people feed them cheese all day. You know, what, you know, again, and I'm gonna, I know it's going to sound silly, but through that series, The Crown, you get to sort of see what what real life is like for them, their day-to-day life as, and, it, you know, there's a lot of shit they had to do. There was a lot of duty. Like, she just, like, so I guess what I'm saying about her, I kind of admire the fact that she could have had a life where she did nothing, but she didn't. She had a life where service to her country seemed to be important to her i didn't know that until the i mean i knew it but you know yeah. not the way that we not the way that it was illustrated through all mm-hmm. of this that's all do you really have a choice though in that situation or would it stand out like a beacon if uh, you had a lazy queen <laughs> well uh, you know i mean mm-hmm. i don't know but you know we, we we don't like the monarchy for some reasons which is what we think there's privilege and how you know why do they get things we don't but on the other hand she means a lot, obviously, to people. She meant a lot to people. And, and it turned out she, you know, she worked her fucking ass off. <laughs> the queen. She wouldn't put it down. Two days before she died, she was talking to some new prime minister. Yeah, no, I get it. And, um, I, and I still believe, I see it, I think, that just my opinion, um, I, I see it in his eyes that, you know, I had this conversation with somebody over the weekend thinking, oh, he couldn't wait to get that job. Well, I think for a while, but I think now I just sort of see it in his eyes like, you know what? I like I I'm not sure I want to be bothered with all of this again. Just my perspective. But why would you at 73? 
but now he he's got it and we'll see yeah i'm sure part of him is he like probably that. saw the way he probably yeah. saw the way his mother worked and maybe he's thinking you know ideas to follow that up i'm not sure at this age i'm prepared to do that yeah pr- there's a chance that you're right i mean there's also a chance that he's been thinking about this job oh, yeah. for oh yeah yeah. 40 years and he's like okay it's finally here mm-hmm. and like a lot of things we think about the reality he, he more than anyone would know the realities of the job oh, without it and whatever 73 or 75 whatever he is you know if he you know lives sort of an average male life somewhere in his early 80s 83 or 4 he's going to be in the same elevator in the basement elevator ride that his mother just went on mm-hmm it would be different, I think, or maybe I should pose it as a question for you two. Would it have been different if whoever was taking over, whomever was taking over, was a younger person? That's a good question. Um, although I was reading yesterday that Charles maintains this is going to be a much more um, contemporary um, uh, reign. He's going to introduce whatever that means. It's going to be more contemporary, uh, more up to date. So we'll see how that's accepted. And maybe he's doing that because he knows that, you know, within 20 years, William will get will get it all. So what, the trumpeters are going to trumpet Beatles songs instead of... <laughs> no, they're going, to, they're going to live stream some... The trumpeters will be doing some kind of, you know, uh, electric music, some... Uh, <laughs> by the way, speaking of weird stuff around the Royals, is I saw this story, I heard about it. These guys, uh, the beef eaters, the, the guards, the Royal Guards, and the tradition of what they have to wear, that there's actually, and there's some video of it that's pretty interesting. Do you guys know about this where, like... A certain number of them faint all the time. Well, sure, because of the the heaviness of the the equipment they have to wear and the and the gowns and such. And there's a video, Dan uh, and Fred, of them. There's a, apparently a protocol to how they're supposed to faint. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, How do you do that? I, there, apparently, there's. If you feel yourself fainting, you're supposed to slump over in a certain way. But they look like uh, they're cow tipping. They look like they're just kind of falling, <laughs> just kind of falling over in a in a in a slump. You know, they're just kind of slump over. Listen, but, that's all. Uh, like those guys that stood around the casket for hours on end. Yeah, that's really good. That's a mental thing, eh? Where imagine you start your shift and you know even if it's just a couple hours like how do you pass the time what's going on in your mind like how do you how, how does every minute not seem like an hour when you got to stand there still looking straight ahead that's got to take some wild conditioning man yeah they're probably wow. doing one of those like 99 bottles of gin on the bowl 99 <laughs> bottles of gin i'm a beef eater because um, I because I noticed when the family did it, they just were like 15, 20 minutes and yeah, gone. We're going to jet. I know we had talked about this before the show, but I thought maybe before we start the show, we tie this all in with our head of state or whatever, our prime minister, Dan. I know this was yeah. part of your news, but maybe we could play it now just to kind of wrap it up that um, days before the Queen's funeral, there's some video of our prime minister at a piano bar. And, uh, Dan, what is the story that there, there's outrage because he was singing a Queen song? No, well, I think it was more just respect. 
And to say it was Bohemian Rhapsody, I don't know, because of the Queen, and that ties in, but it just seems like, okay, well, he's down in the lobby of, a, of the hotel he's staying at, and uh, in public playing on a grand piano and just sitting around doing a little karaoke is disrespectful as a world leader showing up for a funeral for the Queen. That's the controversy. Oh, okay. But I don't think it has anything to do with the song, although it maybe it's the fact that it's by Queen. You know, but the um, the comments on this video are just hilarious. If, if, if it's Justin Trudeau, you know he'll do something stupid or cowardly. We Canadians have a tool for a prime minister, eh? Yeah, you talk about learning something. You know how polarized politics yeah. has become? I guess if you don't like Trudeau, you're supposed to find something wrong with that. Well, as you know, I'm not a big fan. What is wrong with that? It was the Friday night... Have you guys ever heard of uh, noted Canadian musician Gregory Charles? I have um, not. Well, he was the guy playing the piano in the lobby of okay. this swanky hotel. And then the, a sing-along started. So our prime minister, dressed in a t-shirt, joins the sing-along. And, and again, that we're supposed to think this is disrespectful because he was there for the Queen's funeral. She was 96 and died of natural causes. On some level, it was a celebration of life, was it not? And how do you, if you have to go a long way to find a problem with that, don't you think? Well, you think you, it's funny because he's, uh, Gregory Charles is a Quebecois musician, which is why, I, I, again, one of those guys that's probably super famous in Quebec and we just don't know him. But I've just okay. looked at the first 10 comments. I'm just scrolling down. All of these people, there's a thousand comments on this video. I'm sure there's other videos with more comments. Like, there's just people that hate Trudeau. They, there's no part of the comments that have anything to do with what they're seeing. They're just seeing Trudeau singing a Queen song. And as you say, the woman passed away. It was not like she was gunned down in the streets by the IRA or some stuff. You know, I mean, exactly. as a Canadian, I'm very embarrassed by the disrespect shown by the PM. Well, I'm not. Well, no one, no one ever accused him of being smart or sensitive. <laughs> Jesus. Honestly, honestly, I think it's sort of neat. You, I mean, you talk about next generations moving on from tradition, um, the new world. Like, here's a world leader, again, in a T-shirt down in a hotel lobby. And, and, you know, this is what kills me, too. Those same people that hate Trudeau, they're the ones screaming freedom all the time. Oh, yeah. How much more free can Canada be represented by a prime minister who can be in the lobby of a hotel, part of a sing-along. To me, that doesn't that scream of freedom in itself? Like, Here's another a comment. A lot of world leaders couldn't even attempt to do that or want to do that. And this is supposed to be what is representing Canada? Deplorable, embarrassing, disrespectful, and disgusting. Like, if that's what you think those are, if that's deplorable and disgusting... What would you say to this Trump Nazi? By the way, there's some pictures of this this salute they do. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that at the, at the last? I mean, I'm sure there are other uh, Trump rallies, but there's this picture of them all with their hands up in the air as he's uh, doing a prayer, Dan. And 
the imagery is so much like the Nazi salute. I, how can they not see that? That's deplorable, embarrassing, disrespectful, and disgusting. Not the kids singing, you know, every way the every you know Bohemian Rhapsody. Trump well, was doing it prayer. Yeah, some kind of uh, something. Yes. Well, he had another rally the other day, but last week on his his new whatever what is what do you call it what do you call that a website or his truth social yeah yeah um it had him a picture of him and there was a little cue on his lapel yeah, and yeah. with the storm is coming oh yeah he's, like he's sending now. out all these oh, really? dog whistles and he's really trying to connect with that crowd <laughs> i guess they've determined that that's his future or something i i, I know it's it's frightening here's the last and, one to read Absolutely no class. I thought he'd be better than this during Canada's 10 day of mourning for our beloved queen. You mean like you're not supposed to sing at a piano bar during the 10 days of mourning? <laughs> Jesus. I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's and, funny. And, and, and again, I always bring these people up. The assholes, um, uh, you know, uh, Theron Fleury and Jamie Salal, who, are, you know, seem to be the front for uh, Canada, Canadian freedom. Now both were all over Trudeau What an asshole he was for that. And then all they do is beat up on Joe Biden and promote Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, what Trudeau did was disrespectful to Canada. Oh, yeah. If you can look at a picture of that rally. Yeah. Yeah. With Trump, with all these people, you know, it's funny. Jeff Lumbee is going to be on with us uh, mm-hmm. a few minutes from now. And, and a few years ago, he and I went after just mildly because I was I he didn't like the fact that I was comparing Trump to Hitler. He thought that was a bit overdone. Well, it ain't overdone now, fellas. Do you know what I mean? He thought and, and maybe he had a point a few years ago that maybe that was a bit of a reach. But I said that that this there's, there's a lot of the Nazi about this. And now it's just come full circle. It's like it was pretty frightening, actually. All these people with their hands up in the air saluting their furor. I think people to push back on that, it's like, okay, when he starts exterminating people, then maybe you can make that connection. But Well, maybe. That, that seems to be when people get a little uncomfortable with that comparison. But you're right. I mean, the system, the, the playbook, it's like, you know, chapter seven of a 10-chapter book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we didn't even get a chance in the pre-show here to talk about Dan's performance, which we're going to. I know a lot of people were wondering about Dan's uh, portrayal of Roland. We all know now Dan's character's name. Yes, we um, do. Uh, I've heard nothing but rave reports from uh, Dan uh, Dan Duran's performance, uh, Fred and others. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that when Dan comes back uh, with the news. We really should start the show because it's this whole preamble has been going on a very long time. Now here is Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in trendy Toronto and the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and Health Gauge. And now, here are two men who get melancholy this time of year as the autumnal equinox approaches. All the leaves turn brown and their hair turns gray. Hanging on to the last vestiges of their notoriety, it's Humble and Fred. Ah, thank you, Dan. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to catch up on. We're just doing a couple days this week. Uh... At a golf tournament yesterday. That's how I celebrated the life of Queen Elizabeth by playing golf. 
And uh, tomorrow. No, so we're doing today and tomorrow. Thursday, I'll be off again. And then it's full on for uh, quite a while. And I mentioned Lumby uh, will be with us. Uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France in the uh, middle of a global pandemic produced by the Humble and Fred Studios. Uh, one of our podcasts. Um, if you go to our Facebook, no, I guess it would be our website there. You can see the other shows we produce. We do a golf show and Fred and I are kind of working on something. We haven't really talked about it yet, but uh, we're working on another type of sort of satellite show that we want to uh, invite you to uh, listen to. It's going to be a different kind of Humble and Fred podcast, and uh, we'll be giving you some of that information in the weeks to come. Okay? It's going to be exciting. It's uh, in bite-sized pieces, but uh, very informative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, we do. Fred, I know we've been chattering back and forth here for nearly a half an hour, and would it be uh, possible if we could get you to... Maybe uh, give us some words of wisdom about one of our fine supporters. Oh, one of our super partners been around yes. for years, and we appreciate that very much. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, go there today, get a free quote. Yes, you can get a free quote. Know exactly what this may cost you as a small business. You will be pleasantly surprised and can you imagine your employees once you tell them they now have a package a benefits package it'll make so much sense for small business 30,000 Canadian small Canadian businesses are part of this they've been around for 40 years it tells you how solid it is Uh, prescriptions and dental and all sorts of other products they have therapies and a mental health aspect of this now Uh, an HR uh, department so to speak so you get help from top to bottom once you buy in. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. You know, when you asked me this morning before we started the show about the Bills game, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I know it sounds goofy, but for, you know, for two days I played in this golf tournament. Last night I got home. Basically, I had a massage in my chair, and I went upstairs and uh, basically went to bed. So I missed the Bills game, but the Bills had to have been the favorites. And, of course, if you're looking to make some bets, we uh, we endorse this uh, fine group. you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Hey, you told me the uh, the uh, Bills Mafia would have been happy last night. Oh, uh, yeah. Bills blew the doors off that spread. I think it was 10 at game time, and they uh, beat the Tennessee Titans 41-7. to Another spectacular performance by Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, who uh, scored three touchdowns. Yeah. It's pretty quite, good. Uh, quite, the, quite the machine they've created there in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so are you, are you a little, does that make you nervous, though? Like, there's so much expectation around this team? Well, yes. I, I think I was talking about that a couple of weeks ago when I was in Baltimore talking uh to a lot of transplanted Buffalonians down there, that that's what makes them nervous. They don't want to hear all that stuff all the time. You know, favored to win the Super Bowl, best team, blah, 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 all those things. Because yeah. more often than not, you know where that leads. 
Well, the reason I bring it up is because I, ha- I hadn't thought about the game until you brought it up this morning, and I thought, well, you know, every time they don't win because they're such a good team and the expectations are so high, then there's going to be like the inevitable, oh, well, this is the panic, and is this a sign that maybe they're not as good as we thought they were? You know what I mean? Like, a... Yeah, I get nervous, too, when I watch Josh Allen run the ball. He didn't do it too much last night. Didn't even play the fourth quarter. They, the game was so in hand. And it's going to be a short week because they play Miami this Sunday. And Miami's a very, very good team. That's going to be quite the test. Um, they didn't even play the fourth quarter last night, <laughs> him and Diggs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, injury too, eh? Like, injury can change everything, obviously, sure. in any sport. Um, I wanted to uh, point out if you're a uh, if you're a football fan as well, uh, Peyton Manning, I'm sorry, Eli Manning, disguised himself yeah I, I don't know if you like these things i love them where you know like a a great basketball player puts on some makeup and then you know he goes and plays pickup ball and they film it and it's like all of a sudden it's like oh my god it's that guy and i don't know if you've seen this eli manning tried out for penn state uh apparently penn state has a tradition of a, of getting guys who walk on to try out and they give them scholarships and every year there's always a walk-on as an outstanding player that they offer a full ride to so manning heard about this or knows about this so it's a it, the, the full video is 15 minutes but there's like a four minute version of him going out there he's got a weird wig on and he's obviously he's one of the best guys on the field but my favorite part of it is the comments from the coaches who don't know that he's like, there's a couple of the coaches that are in on it. Right. But a couple of the other guys are like, they're looking at their clipboard. They're going, yeah, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> and they're like, and then at one point, one of the assistants walks over to the head coach and goes, I think, I think we should, this is our guy. I think we should sign him. He's like, ah, I'm not really that big on him. <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he knows it. He goes, nah, he's not that good or something. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, <laughs> and, and then of course the player's face is when he takes the, the wig off. Right. It's just a, it's one of those sweet things that, you know, only happen in sport. Those Manning boys are pretty funny, man. Some of the commercials they've done. Oh yeah, and I think and I think there's a betting one right now where their dad's there, Archie Manning, who was a quarterback in the NFL yeah. too. And I just caught the end of it, but it looked. I thought those guys are funny. They're pretty. They're it's pretty funny you say that. in front of the camera. Very much so. I I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Like there's a there. So they they show Eli getting made up, and the makeup artist is doing his yeah. prosthetic nose or whatever. And Eli says something like, "What would you have to do for Peyton's forehead?" He says he's got a he's got an eight head or something. Just mm-hmm. the way they go back and forth. It was very cute. Um, um, one other thing. Remember last year um, during Monday Night Football, him and. Uh, they there was a separate channel espn channel where they talked about the game while it was unfolding i don't know if they're doing that this year i i to tell you the truth like last night was the first monday night game so anyway if you're a football fan you're going to really enjoy this just to go google uh, disguised eli manning or something in the meantime let's not waste any more time as i mentioned uh we're proud to produce this podcast jeff and julie moved to france in the uh global pandemic it's uh, now up to uh I've lost track of the episodes. Probably uh, episode 30-ish. Would that be close? 35. 35? Uh, live from his palatial studios in the south of France, we uh, welcome back for his regular appearance. Looking very uh, different than the last time I saw you. 
<laughs> a couple of days ago, I uh, had a little chat with my buddy Lumba, and he comes on uh, camera, and he's like, he looks like he's been, you know, uh, digging holes all day. And work- I was, I was working on, I was working on the uh, face all covered in mud, and now look how fresh you look. Nice which clean is, shirt. Which is, which is the distance I go to speak to my friends? You well, know, I, I drop it. everything. We By the way, can it. we just can mm. we just clear something up? You made me sound like I'm a MAGA man. You made me sound like I just took off my MAGA hat five minutes ago. How so? What are you, what are you well, saying? Well, no, you just finished talking about me correcting you about Hitler and the whole. I I am not a Donald Trump fan. I just want you to know that. And I know it sounded, that. You made me sound. Well, no, but the, just a few minutes ago, you made me sound like. I was a uh, big, big supporter. I'm not a big supporter. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, a couple times you've come on and gone, Heil Howie. <laughs> oh, um, I, well, I did, if I made you sound like that, that was not my intention. I just remember you and I having a conversation where you said, oh, I think, you know, comparing him to Hitler is kind of a stretch. And I'm like, well, maybe at the time it was, but now it's well, not. It's still a stretch. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see anybody getting rounded up and put into trains. Uh, so I, I think there's a just a hair of a difference. But I, I get I, I get the slight analogy. Uh, Jeff, I, I said that a few minutes ago. It's I think that's what people are uncomfortable with, you know, until he starts exterminating people. Yeah. Then yeah. But, yeah. We'll see. But, but, you know, again, the, the playbook is the playbook is. Well, similar. That's, and I guess yes. that's what I'm saying, that comparing him to Hitler, I guess I have to say, uh, other than, you know, he hasn't exterminated people yet. But his playbook, the yes. the blind, you know, not even him. Actually, what really is the comparable for me is the way the people act in relation to him, the yes. blind following the disinformation but, but i've, all got, that I've stuff. got to say it's it's not it's very similar here in canada with trudeau i i i'm i'm starting to think after all of the foibles and i know we're probably going to get into this thing because i just thought what what happened in 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 that piano bar was an absolute international disgrace but uh really oh my god i because here here's the thing here's the here's what you here's what you guys are just not understanding or at least not you're not understanding the point of view it's not that he was in a bar it's not that he was singing a queen song it's not that he was wearing a t-shirt or any of that stuff it's the reason he was there in england he wasn't there to be singing freaking karaoke in a piano bar he was there representing our country in the days of mourning for the queen and i'm not a monarchist you guys know that but it's just that it's it's the reason that he was there. There has to be some dignified uh, protocol well, for well, those days leading up to a funeral that doesn't involve singing in a piano bar. Well, you know, I'm a conservative and I don't like Trudeau and I just totally disagree. What's the big freaking deal? He was there, paid his respects. He went and saw the prime minister. He did all that stuff that you might expect and the friday night before this 96 year old woman who died of natural causes yeah we're gonna just disagree i i get what you're saying we're just gonna disagree but let me uh let me ask you this question so let me understand what is it what so you've you've said that it's embarrassing and he's there representing us and i've read some of the comments on the youtube channel like people are they share your opinion but i can't ask them so i'll ask you so just dig a little deeper. So it's embarrassing because it's showed disrespect. Uh, it's not like what? what it, well, let me ask you this: Would it there have been go. Would it have been more disrespectful if 
if he had of you know gone on a talk show like to me the the fact that it was sort of on the he wasn't public he didn't mean he didn't put out a stream of it he was just got he was just seen he was videotaped it's not like That's he produced I'm not, it. I'm not i'm not gonna answer a hypothetical uh what 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 was what faced us was what he actually did and i just thought that is one time where you back down and just say okay why am i here i'm not here to make a scene and 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 be on a, on some karaoke platform uh i'm here because i've i'm representing 33 some million people in canada at 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 a at the longest reigning monarch's funeral i i don't think there's a place for going and singing karaoke in a bar i'm sorry i just don't so that's just me yeah. you guys think differently that's fine no I just no that's great that I think that as a head of state, you have a job to do, especially in light of being one of the few invitees to the funeral. And I just think that you have a decorum that you're supposed to display, and he didn't do it. And I find him an international embarrassment, as do many of those people in the, in the and you guys oh, yeah. don't. Tons. So no, I no. guess we're done. We're done. And as a matter, no. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you said that because now it actually makes me even more proud of him because. Yeah, proud of him because it just, it's, you know, it's a new world. It's new generations. It's a new way of thinking. And I think, you know, the, the Queen's death is going to show that going forward. And, you know, he's a young guy that had some spare time on the Friday night and he didn't know he was being filmed. Yeah. Obvious, sort of naive to think you wouldn't be. But uh, actually, now I'm thinking it's pretty cool what he did. But. Again, well, opinions. I'll tell you, Jeff, a lot of people on this, uh, this YouTube uh, video, my fact, all of them agree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think more people. Pro- in fact, whether you are a Trudeau supporter or not, uh, I, I believe a lot of people share your opinion. Let's talk about the uh, queen in general. Like I was saying to Freddie, you know, I was never a big monarchist. Uh, but growing up, as we all have, she's been the queen for as long as all of us. Anyone we know basically has been alive. And I think I learned more, and this is going to sound dumb, but when the series The Crown came on, it was a real insight into what that life was actually like. Because as kids, you just think, oh, the queen, she just gets to fly around and, you know, and never has to do anything. But you learn, strangely enough, through that fictional portrayal that there's a real, it's a real job to do. And, and what I've learned over the last week is that she did that job very, very well. She was yeah, well-respected. No, exactly. uh, I'm, I'm with you both on, on the, the whole monarchy thing i'm i'm not i'm far from a monarchist uh i have trouble supporting a lot of the things that they do however in this case uh she she has brought a lot of good to the world i know my mom was extremely upset about this sure. uh, my mom actually went out to out of her way to go to a, an anglican church uh, since since the, the queen passed to pay her respects and and uh, you know, was uh, was watched the whole thing. Was one of the people you were talking about, Fred, who got up at four in the morning yesterday. And uh, so, uh, I, I think there may be a bit of a generational thing aspect. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, but but I was going to say what I think. Yeah, your take our takeaway for me at least is that you know people all over the world yesterday paused at least at some point in the day yeah. and had a thought for this woman and what she meant to the world for the last 70 plus years. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Hey, Jeff, how, yeah. did, it pl- how did it play in France, not being part of the Commonwealth? And how did well, it, uh, it, as a matter of fact, it's interesting. We were at a little luncheon uh, yesterday. Uh, no, sorry, on Sunday. And uh, people here, I, I got to say, 
it's a different, it's a very, it's very gentle here. I think I've mentioned that many times. And people who have no uh, interest or regard for the monarchy were really respectful of the queen's achievements and accomplishments and what she brought to the world. Uh, so it's, it, there was very little criticism of the queen. They just don't subscribe to uh, the monarchy as a, as an entity the mm-hmm. way, but look at, look at Macron. He got, he got like what front row seats. Uh, whereas Biden was, I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff people are talking about. Biden was in like row 14 and, Macron was in the first couple of rows or whatever it was. And I mean, this is this is news. Where was but, the singing cowboy? Yeah. <laughs> Where was his seats? I mean, it's so the the, the thought is uh, they're not pro monarchist. Most people in France, uh, but they have the respect. Sure. There, and there, I, there was a respect. And that's what's fascinating. Died, right? Yeah. And I think to me, as I, I opened the show with that, what was fascinating is that there are very few occasions you know, certainly in, in our lifetime where, you know, that was a chance to witness a, an historical passage, you know, and it does. And, and then again, you go, we can all stop saying we're not Marcus. We get it. But if you go back hundreds of years, this person's lineage and traditions and all that stuff, to me, that sort of hit home. I thought, wow, you know, there, you know, there may be only one or two more times like this. I mean, Charles will live for another 10 years. Well, so we'll see that. Hey, think about this. Charles was the first televised uh, coronation. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, the, the yeah, they filmed the queen and she was in black and white, you know, just kind of like the, the Leafs last cup. But that's right. <laughs> I knew you were going to say <laughs> that's that. That's such a great it's segue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But but uh, no, but and then somebody mentioned something uh, over the last week since her passing that I thought to your point about the age which I thought was a really good idea that there should be a forced abdication of the crown at 75 so that we don't run into this. Should, should the, should the monarchy continue? And I mean, I'm I'm with you guys on this one, but, but should it continue so that we're not putting into power a 73 year old King and, you know, so, so maybe had the queen abdicated at 75 or maybe if, if, if Charles decides to abdicate in a couple of years, Maybe there's an opportunity to get some fresh, some younger blood into into the the system, you know. You know, and that's sort of my point. It's like tradition and all that. Yes, you've got to respect it. But everything on this earth evolves, and that's something else that maybe needs to. If not eliminated, what you just said, just bring it up to date. Well, that's why I said to Freddie earlier, Jeff, I'm not sure if you heard me say, you know, would this feel different or differently Mm -hmm. if it was going going to the younger one? I, I agree with you. I was it was a good point you made because uh, I, I think it mm-hmm. would, you know, and, and in what, what's two years. And then it, so if it's William in two years, that's going to feel a whole lot different yeah. than Charles. And, and I guess I was also uh, reflecting on uh, not just the historical nature of her job as queen, but the people of history that she's you know encountered from winston churchill to two days before her death the latest prime minister of england i mean it's just crazy and there's no other person that sort of lived through all of those moments that we you know we still have pictures of them in our post offices and and, uh, didn't she start out as a as a jeep mechanic in the war i mean she's got you know, you know, and the fact correct. that she she loved. Yeah. And, the, you know, the fact that, you know, you hear these stories of, you know, what were her day to day life? She just was out there, loved the Scottish countryside, walking her dogs and, 
you know um well, you know for all of us you know that was the one not let necessarily political but of officialdom the one constant the one constant through our lives yeah. all three of us here yeah. yeah she was always there yeah you know pr- prime ministers came presidents came and went but not that yeah, no, that's a good point. Really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 quite a reign, and and yeah, I, I I get your I get your point that she's ninety six, lived a good life, died a natural death, and 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 so you you know you cut our prime minister some slack. I just it just didn't didn't rub me the right way. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. I I don't know if you heard me talk about the uh, Buffalo Bills and the expectations on that team. Um, do you think in sports sometime when a team is really favored or a player is really favored going into a tournament, do you think that, I don't know, for, for me as a you know tournament player, expectations are the worst thing. And I was just saying, like, as I'm now caught up and, you know, one of the first things Freddie said to me, he said, did you watch the Bills game last night? And I didn't because I was beat, but I watched the first game and I'm going to make a point of watching more games this year. It's almost like, you know, and again, I don't want to bring up the Habs and Leaf rivalry, but, you know, there are there were years where, you know, the Habs were really favored. Does that make it harder as a sports fan, well, you think? And you, you just mentioned the Habs and Leafs, and you're going to agree with me on this one, uh, Freddie. But, I mean, two years ago, that is exactly the scenario. Look at the pressure that the Leafs had to get out of the first round. Right. And the, the Habs are just free wheel, and they're lucky to be there. And 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 we, we, we all know what happened. I agree with you. And, it, and it's, it's, you know, Greg Norman at the Masters, you can go oh, yeah. down. You can, you, I mean, there are many, many examples of guys who had – just way or teams that had a lot of pressure and gagged it up. Yeah, there's remember the remember the New England Patriots that year they had the perfect season. All they had to do was win the Super Bowl, and that would that's be, right. be complete. And the, and they lost. That's right to a, to a much lesser team. So again, yeah, there are tons of examples like that, um, and that's why Buffalo Bill fans are nervous this year. They're not used to that spotlight. They, they'd rather. That's why the Blue Jays are in a pretty good position this year. By the way, I'm sorry. To, I just I just thought of the funniest jersey I've ever seen, and it was a Scott Norwood jersey. And the what was his number thirty three or something? I can't remember what his number was. But on the back of the jersey, it was the thirty three was. Off to the right. <laughs> that's great. Was wide right. Funny. Off to the right. Was off to the, that's really good. Yeah, for people who don't know that reference, he's the guy that missed the field goal that lost the uh, Bills. The first they that was their first Super Bowl of four they yeah. went to in a row. And who knows what that would have done. Well, see, that's the mindset of Buffalo fans too. I know a few, Jeff, and they're they're like Leaf fans in a lot of ways. You're you're waiting for something to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. You just are. You just yeah. okay. This is too good to be true. Something's got to go wrong, and that's right. their that's that's what they're thinking this season. What exactly is going to go wrong this time? Hey, um, Jeffy, I can't remember if you and I talked uh, before the Blue Jay game. I went to. I think it, I think we did talk that morning. And I told you I was going to sit behind home plate for the first time. Oh, yeah. But yeah. How did what did you think? I, I, I was telling Freddie before the show, I loved it. I'd never seen that yeah. perspective. I got two comments. I'd already told you, I guess it was a bullpen uh, pitching night because there were seven different pitchers. And my oh, fa- I saw that. I, I saw the highlights yeah. of that game. What a great win. Yeah. Six two over Baltimore. And, and it was really, really cool. Six three, maybe. But uh, my favorite pitcher. So one observation was the sidearm guy. I just okay. love that. I've never seen that before. And. 
it was too it was interesting because he really had this really cool wind up and then you know on the scoreboard now they have uh these two values of horizontal and vertical pitches and how they move <laughs> so say a typical you know slider might be plus or minus three up or down this guy was hitting it was going from zero to 12 feet up like it was unbelievable yeah he's more like a fastball pitcher right well, I tell you one thing. He, his fastball, uh, yeah, no, no, yes, no, like, I know, yeah, I got, I, yes, I know what you mean, yeah. But it, but his fastball never got over ninety. He sort of yeah. averaged in the early eighties, and guys couldn't hit him. Like it's no. hard to see. Well, um, it's coming at a different. It's coming from a whole different angle. The release point, all that stuff, and it takes batters a while. So right. if you've got a guy like that in relief, he's he's even more dangerous than if he's starting because if he's starting those guys might get two or three runs at him and, yeah. and they they might start hitting him. But if you're in relief, you're coming in for a few, uh, a few batters. And yeah, that's, it was pretty that's cool. Fun. So that was one thing. And the other one is I did not know, cause we, Freddie and I went to a game with our buddy, Mike from Buffalo uh, a couple months ago and we were up sort of third base, couple hundreds, uh, 200 yes. level, pretty neat, Christine. but a great way to see the game. What I didn't yeah. pick up from there that I did under uh, behind home plate was seeing the curvature of the ball like when it comes off the bat i just had this idea that it's coming off sort of in a straight line but just like a golf ball it spins and so a couple of singles that went into just into the outfield i could see it curve like it faded like a golf shot right well, especially on an inside out if it's a right-handed batter and it hits it to right field and it, it's just it's yeah i i had freddie i know that sounds stupid but i did not know that and then seeing chapman's home run the first home run of the night it sounded just like when um when somebody hits a good drive like the sound of it the thud off the bat yeah yeah well it, it was pretty cool like golf it's a lot like golf because you know a fraction of a millimeter on that bat placement can determine whether it's going to bend, go straight, go foul. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, or yeah. be a pop, a pop up or a home be run. a pop up. It's it's just that's yeah. why you know. I mean, golf's a hard game, but you know, hitting a baseball at a hundred miles an hour yeah. with a curve to it is one of the hardest things to do in sports. Uh, absolutely, I mean, just think about it. And, and I agree with you. Like, and I never had that perspective of seeing. Well, again, it sounds naive, but how fast the pitches are coming across the plate. How good those guys' eyes are, and Jeff, you've you've explained this to me before. How they they pick it up. What makes them so unusual as human beings is they can pick up the the pitch immediately. Yeah. But the other thing, and I was with our our client and friend Rudra Rishi Maharaj, and he's that's where those were his seats, and he was explaining a lot of this stuff to me. And he said, "You watch when if we get to see a home run. This is before Chapman's first hit." He said, "It it sounds like a compressed. Like you can really hear the compression." And sure enough. The first homer of the game, we were so close to it that I could hear that. And it, obviously, it's coming off a fastball. And it just that one had very little curve to it. It just went straight up. Yeah, and it right. was it was so good. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a great game. And, you know, these guys, one of my favorite things is, you know, you talk about curves and all of the junk pitches. But sometimes a guy can just screw batters into the ground going mm-hmm. back and forth with a fa- with a fastball and a changeup. And if the batter is sitting on a fastball and you throw that measly little 67 mile per hour changeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they look silly. They do. Yeah. They just spin out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And, yeah, it uh, is fascinating from that standpoint. And, and you know, if, how many great defensive ball players there are in the world that can't hit a baseball and never make the majors? Because obviously, that's what it's all about. Got to do both. Yeah, Got to do both. And there's, you know, 
It's so it, like, just think about that. 90, 100 miles an hour from uh, the pitcher's mound is what? 90 feet, 6 inches. That's 60, not, 60. 60 feet. Uh, 60 feet, 6 inches. So, yeah, it's 90 feet between bases. So, si- yeah, so 60 feet, 6 inches at 100 miles an hour. Like, how is that even possible to make contact? Like, I don't get it. I don't it. get it. Yeah, it's and amazing. again, it, it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of guys, like, probably good. I could hit major league pitching. No, you couldn't. <laughs> you, you couldn't even butt yeah, major league Exactly. Pitching. You couldn't even get hit by. that. And speaking of 90 feet between the bases, that's another thing that's fascinating from, you know, we weren't. How far? How far is it from home base to second? Not only that, Jeff, but how those second basemen, and Ruder, again, pointed this out to me, and I started watching for it, where, you know, at second base, you're, a lot of your throws are, are off-balance throws. Like, you're kind of, you're grabbing it, turning it, and throwing it. It blows me away how fast they can get that ball from anywhere in the infield to first base. I know I sound like I've never seen a base, but this is really my first time seeing it at that level. And, man, it's a different perspective. You know, we were about 12... 12- let me let me give you a, yeah. a really weird stat from the t- if if you have any chance of picking off a guy stealing second from the time the pitcher releases the ball if that ball isn't at second base in under 2 seconds he's going to be safe wow think about that yeah well here's how intricate the game is to create more offense for the younger audience which they need to do Uh, Next year, they're bringing the pitch clock in. That's one thing. But they're making the bases, instead of 15 square inches, 18 square inches. And Mm. people think, well, why? It's three inches closer for if a guy goes to steal a base. They want more stolen bases. They want more offense generated. So just think about that. Just three inches, they think, is going to make a big difference. Think about how often a guy steals a base and how close it is. Three inches is going to make a big difference. It would certainly make a difference to you and I. (laughs) Um, I don't know about Lumby and Dan, but uh, you and I could certainly use it. I I, I will say one last thing, too. I had that thought, because I know you'll be surprised, Fred, but I stayed for all nine innings. It was cool. Um, Because, you know, I know you're thinking, how did I get out of there in the seventh inning? But uh, I did have that thought. How is this? I've really appealed to me, but I wonder what the future of the game, because it does move a lot slower. You know, in a lot of sports, that's the whole point of live golf is to kind of bring a younger generation into that game. And they've sped up everything and it's louder and noisier and a lot more like the basketball experience, you know, in in arena experience is very loud. Well, we talked about that all morning about the evolution, how you have to to think of the next generation again, a larger bases. They're bringing in a pitch clock, extra innings. Now they start a guy on second base. It's all to speed things up yeah. quicker right and you gotta do it gotta extra do it. innings they're bringing it what's that i didn't hear this what extra innings now in baseball it started in in during covid in the uh, top of the 10th you start a man on second base a guy starts on second base that's crazy i didn't even know that yeah, it is i bizarre. didn't know that you didn't know that i didn't know that oh yeah i haven't it, it's to eliminate the 18 inning games right and most of them are resolved within the 10th or 11th inning now because yeah. of that. Oh, that's news to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, always great catching up with uh, Jeff Lumby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jeff and Julie moved to France. Go to our, uh, not our Facebook page. They have their Facebook page. We go to our. That's hilarious, man. Uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France. Go to humbleandfred.com and uh, click on the uh, link there. Happy to uh, produce that program. And uh, Jeff Lumby, uh, what a, another great appearance, man. God oh, damn it. Stellar. You are stellar, and and you look great this morning. You're a little cleaned up. I Thank appreciate you. it, man. Hey, were, were you out there on the back forty getting ready for uh, uh, for these guys to visit? I guess, hey, getting everything. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I can't up. wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I get right. it all spanky for Mister H. Uh, well, Dan will be there first, and you got my note about. Uh, I thought I thought you would be uh, excited the fact that I've just so you don't have to drive us two different places. I'm no, flying. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. No, that's great. That'll okay. be a lot easier. Yeah. After I talked to you the other day, I said to Randy, my ex-wife, I said, you know, I don't know, I might make a Jeff drive to two different places. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Jeff that's and Julie. A pod, that's a podcast in itself. Traveling with your ex-wife. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. I just don't know. Like, like is there going to be a point there in Paris when I'm just going to like hop on for old times' sake? I mean, is that what's going to happen? Why not? I mean, I know, oh, I know. Hop the- on. All right, sorry. Didn't mean is, it, to... is it your own? Is it your just your choice? Your choice? I don't. know. I didn't mean to say. <laughs> you that. might want to add. You might want to yeah, add. No, I, I meant that. I mean, I. But I mean, is that what's going to happen? I know the equipment. You know, I've got uh, yeah. ten thousand hours on it. Uh, oh, anyway. no. <laughs> don't, don't you need an instructor for about? No, no, I won't need a thousand re- bucks worth not, before not, you. <laughs> Not, not on this. No, I won't need a refresher. I know where all the buttons are. Okay. Uh, yeah, you guys will be over there. You'll get, you know, you'll get high. You'll get all get horned up. Nut. Sure. All right. Listen, guys. This was fantastic. If this sheet is rocking, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Uh, you'll wake up one morning and I'll be over in the other. You're like, "Where's Howard?" Oh, I think he's with Randy. And then we come in there. Like, hey, do you guys know if there's a church nearby? Oh, jeez! Uh, all right, listen, Jeff. Uh, great catching up with you. Thanks, my friend. Jeff and Julie moved to France. Go check it out. Uh, podcast uh, now, and it's thirty uh, fifth. There's Dan. Oh, look, there's Jeff and Dan. Hey, Dan, how, yeah. how, how is it that you didn't know the name of your character when the play is called What's Up with Roland? <laughs> I told him, Dan, I told him that story. And literally, for no, I told him that. I said, we, I told him how he'd asked you your character's name. And for a second, Jeff just kind of looked at me, eyes blinking. He's like, because he knows what a script look like, looks like. And he was like, explain Why to me. How- just scratch out the, the character's name and put me? That's right. That's the right line. He just thought the character's name was Dan. Uh, all right, Lummy, we've got to move on. Okay, You're bye. a good boy. Thank you, my okay, friend. Bye. Give our best bye. to Julie and uh, check out the uh, podcast. Bye-bye. Now we all get to sing along with this, just like our prime minister. I see a dead queen in a little crypt. Sound like he was doing a parody song. That was yeah, great. I don't get it. I, I yeah, but it was great. I'm glad he did that. I, it was definitely yeah. interesting. He represented all those people that got offended by it. It's great. <sighs> but see, again, you're offended probably. Again, political reasons. And, and you know, because of that white whataboutism, you know, if that was Stephen Harper who had done that, would Jeff have been... Never know. You know? Uh, Never know. Jeff, mm-hmm. by the way, Jeff Lumby, not only our friend and fellow podcaster, but also our guest today, our Gig Sky guest of the day. 
and thanks to Gig Sky and Rudra Rishi Maharaj uh, for letting me hang out in those seats. That was really special. Download the. Uh, let me first tell you that Gig Sky is the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. Use the enter. Uh, use the code enter HF2022 for five dollars off your first plan. Uh, visit GigSky.com for more information. And also check out the travel rewards. We've told you about that. GigSky has uh, a chance for you to get you know, great rates at 850,000 hotels uh, globally, rental cars, and more. Find out at GigSky.com slash travel rewards. Uh, and, of course, GigSky.com. Freddie? Yes. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds to their world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room uh, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yes, go to Bodog. It's all there. Every sport you can think of and a way to wager on it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Be responsible with this entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all those uh, those sites have been really good. Bodog uh been one of the leaders on that in terms of you know letting people know that this is you know now that gambling is so easy and so uh at your fingertips you just got to be careful with it um and, and again uh, bodog has been great telling people to have a plan set a budget that type of thing mm-hmm. uh dan duran uh star yes. of san dan duran let's just review star of radio star of voiceovers star of movies obviously star of television as a presenter, as a host, as a co-host, and now a master thespian. <laughs> Dan, I'm I'm thrilled for your success. Please, from well, we'll get two perspective here, perspectives. First, from the stage, Dan Duran, tell us about your performance, and then we have um, theater critic Fred Patterson of the Trailer Park News with us today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And good. he will uh, mm-hmm. give his uh, review of the play Constellations at the, Peter, the Peterborough Guild yes. of whatever. Peterborough Theater Guild, yes. yes. It was an event. I was surprised that Fred and, uh, and our friend Aaron and, and wives, uh, Lori and, uh, and Delise, all showed up there. I did not expect them on opening night. I didn't even think they were coming up to the lake. So that was kind of a surprise after after the show. But I was uh, really nervous going into the show. The last half, like not up to the last half hour or so. And then, you know, the last five minutes going on, everybody's in the audience. You're in the wings waiting for everything to happen. That sort of, what do you do? You just, you know, pace around or something. I just tell you, get on the stage. And then it mm-hmm. just, uh, then it just all, you know, focused on the script. It all went away. All that worry went away. And uh, in the end, it, it seemed to work out pretty good. And uh, every, uh, there was three performances. Every performance is, you know, just a little bit better in certain spots and, not as good in others, you know. Um, but it was a it was a great thing for me to do for me because it was just you know stretching you know whatever skills I have and something that I've sort of thought about doing and and really never have in my career. So it was kind of cool. Um, um, Peterborough Times uh, trailer of Parker review. Uh. <laughs> Here we go. No, I I I, I was taking that all in because. I was thinking of that while I was sitting waiting for the show, thinking, what's it like for Dan right now and Lisa, his lady friend? Um, Because, you know, whenever, you know, radio is a different beast. And you obviously, you know this, Howard, when you're in front of a live audience, that the butterflies you get are different and the anticipation is different. And 
I was thinking about that, and then Dan uh, comes out with Lisa, and the play starts, and I was very, very impressed. Now, what do you call it again? A, a play reading or whatever? Well, it was a, they, they called it a staged reading because okay. we, we didn't just sit down on chairs and read it. We, you know, half-acted it right. out. Like we yeah, walked, you did blocking. You moved around the stage. Walking. You picked up a glass of water. You gesture. That's everything. But they still had the scripts in their hands. <laughs> yes. Flipped the pages and read it. And, you know, I'd never seen anything like that before. And ultimately, I didn't care. And it really didn't seem to matter in the end. Because it was just a good, solid performance. And Lisa, I was very surprised at her acting ability. And our boy here was just so natural. And the part that he played, just, you know, his responses to things or his facial expressions, he nailed it on so many levels that uh, it just felt good. And it, what was it, Dan, an hour 30, an hour 35? Uh, now, I think it was an hour and 15, somewhere in there, yeah. Oh, really? And was there an intermission, or was it just all the no. way through? No, one act. All right. Uh, what were you wearing? I didn't sit there thinking, I'll be glad when this is over, mm. you know? Like I am with most stage stuff, and, you know? and Like people are with it. our show, yes. They're very, <laughs> they start to anticipate the end. And, you know, and uh, he didn't, I'm thinking, even if that was me, what if I dropped the script and lost my page, or... Anyway, it was uh, well, it was just a good, good, solid performance. What so was Dan we wearing? Proud, we were proud of both of them. Hmm? What was Dan wearing? Uh, he was wearing, I think, jeans and just like a pullover, like mm. casual. Uh, I think the the situation called for that. The script called for that. Yeah. So no distractions from uh, you know center ice down there. Any? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Come on, you know, the show is an so hour and 12 Howard. minutes old. That's the first time. <laughs> he was so good right. that your eyes didn't even go there. Okay. It was like I was fixated on his his performance. And, uh, yeah. You know, and I sit there thinking, you know, all it, it seems all his acting performances are the same character, the newscaster. And I'm thinking, this man, he's, he's capable of more. Mm-hmm. He is capable. Well, he's of been more. saying that for years. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. One okay. of our great thespians is going uh, unused, und- untapped. Uh, Daniel, uh, to the story, of course, everyone thinks is hilarious that we asked you, I asked you the name of your character and you didn't know. Fred tells me that the name of your character comes up several times in this reading. <laughs> it, yeah, that's true. Yes, she does yeah. say Roland maybe a hundred times. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. Well, you know, it's, uh, my mind works differently than a lot of other people's minds, and it just yes, makes it it all the words were on the paper. It didn't seem to matter where, whether or not I remembered all that stuff. I was just focused on other things. So, well, I will tell you, I didn't get to see it, and I'm sorry, but and I hate when people say, oh, "I'm proud of you," but I'm, you know, I've been your friend a long time, and I'm, I can say that it's. Nice to see you uh, expand your horizons or whatever. Try something different. And that feeling, that few minutes before you went on stage, that's why I still go and do stand-up. Because it would just be easy to never feel like that again. Because it's uncomfortable. And, and I've, you know, Dan's been with me many times uh, going to a show, going to Yuck Yucks. And I remember being in the car with you and Dave on the way to a show years ago. And you guys are talking, and I'm just sort of staring straight ahead, like, you know, freaked out. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you know why it's because it's, it's unnerving to put yourself 
in that situation. Not many people will do it. And I say, so that's what I can say I'm proud of you for because that's that's the sweet stuff right there. You put yourself in a different situation from time to time and you feel alive. Yeah, well, that's true. And, and you also need that moment, those moments, at least I don't know many that don't. You need those moments beforehand to just sort of settle your brain down. You know, you yeah. don't need other people around you talking to you about, you know, whatever. But but maybe that sometimes that might go the other way, too. It's like you start to freak out or something. I don't know. It's not well, I'll just, I'm not to be too gross, but if you're ever constipated, go and do stand up because yeah. a couple of minutes before the show, it's like, well, I've got to let everything go. Then. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like eating a Big Mac. <laughs> oh, um, Yeah. Howard, why, when you said you don't like it when people say, I was proud of you, why? That's interesting because... Because, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, whenever it seems like it's, you know, not patronizing, but it's like, oh, I'm proud of you. Oh, good. For, you know, like, who are you? I, I'm, but, no, you know... No, no, and I, and I get that, but it was funny. At the end of it, I, I was thinking, when it was over, I thought, he did a really good job. And that's sort of the, the one thing I thought of, because I didn't... Not that, I don't know what I thought might happen or could happen, but at the end of it, nothing but good happened. So I was proud of him. Yeah, and and, and I, mm. I I feel like I can be. You can be proud of something, but I feel it's just it's the phrase saying, "Oh, I was very proud of." You. No, I get um, yeah. The other thing about watching a friend on stage, whether it's you know you guys coming to see me do stand up or in this situation, Dan, there is a certain amount of good feelings that happen when you see anybody get up on stage and you've said this before i've said it a thousand times you the audience wants you to do well mm-hmm. even in stand-up where there's a more of a combative feeling like i have to make there has to be this reaction it's very specific but when you go see a friend or a kid or a buddy you know any anyone that you know mm-hmm. you just wish them well you want them to do well Mm-hmm. And it isn't until they drop the skip the script or forget their name <laughs> <It's> mm-hmm. up, to, <laughs> up to that point. Then it's like, oh, I wish this was over. Uh, but I'm really, ha- I'd say, I'm happy for you, and I'm really glad you did it. And, I, and all the shit that we gave you and the chirping, yeah, was all done in the spirit of, uh, you know, supportive. It's just really, it's great, man. Yeah, and it was kind of it was cool to be involved with the theater. Did you like the theater is kind of, you know, a, a kind of an unknown gem to me. And, and I was there for a long time. I had never known it was there. So it's, you know, a nice little 200-seat theater. And I don't know if you... Oh, Howard, you would have uh, been so impressed. Dan showed us around. <clears throat> Just the props room, and there's a wood workshop in there to make props, and then all the costume rooms. And it's quite the facility. And I can see why Dan enjoys being around there, especially now that he has some kind of a management job there or whatever you would call that dan but um i can see that uh that theater is going to be a lot better for having dan there because already he's doing the stuff in the in the uh, in the lobby you know he wants a different atmosphere a different feel when uh when you arrive and uh it's all good well talk dan talk it's yeah, all good dan talk to our management team maybe there's uh we could maybe put uh, that theater on our 2023 humble and fred podcast tour all oh, right oh yeah, well, yeah. the humble mm-hmm. and fred lobby mm-hmm. yeah no i meant we oh, would we... perform in the space uh, oh, in front I of our uh, <laughs> peterborough okay, fans right. yes okay. Okay. yeah have to come up we were talking to dan and again you here's evolution again and how things need to change he said you know, there's a certain attitude around that theater guild that it's got to be traditional stage plays. And we're thinking, boy, stand-up would work here. Bands would work here. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know, it's going to take some time to pull people into that mindset that are in the board of directors or whatever. And I thought, Howie, they're doing a 
doing a humble Howard show mm. at the Peterborough Theater Guild. Like <laughs> that's my my one hour special. Seat. Your own soft seat. I'm sure. Thinking, you know, like, why not? That could be the uh, debut of the Prairie Two, the one man show. I've been writing since 1983. Because Dan, there's I know there's other venues in Peterborough. Like uh, I forget the name. Of, but there's a Gordon Best, and there's well, that's got it. That could yeah. be right there with all of them. Like why? Well, yeah, it's like, all in the middle of that because Gordon. Like some, Gordon some, of the, some of the improv stuff I saw in Peterborough, they, those were awkward rooms. They would have been perfect there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of awkward, uh, we got to wrap up the show soon because I have to go to a dermatologist to have him look at all the spots on me and tell me which ones are and are not cancer. Uh, I'll, oh. I'll, I will update. <laughs> yeah, you imagine that job. We'll do. I'll do the bit tomorrow about you know your whole life is just looking at skin tags and moles. Well, it's oh, another yeah. day of skin tags and moles. In the meantime, uh, here, he ha- here he is in his traditional role as Anchorman. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential Anchorman. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the Anchorman, comes to task for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low Goddamn, yeah, it is uh, Dan Duran's news today Brought to you by GoDaddy I'll tell you all about How you should go and go get GoDaddy in a minute. Also brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa. Well, we'll get to all of that in a second. Mm-hmm. So, uh, dual sponsorship today, then. That's what being a theatrical smash has done for you. <laughs> wow. And now with Humble and Fred News, here's Dan Drew. For the Queen's funeral, I'm sure we're all wondering how Donald Trump could make it about himself. And here's how. The U.S. president was seated in the 14th row of London's Westminster Abbey for the, uh, the ceremony. Uh... And uh, as Commonwealth officials were deliberately chosen to be seated near the front. Nevertheless, Trump said this. uh, He was not invited to the funeral. Pissed off about that. uh, Claimed on his uh, truth social platform that if he were president, he would have gotten a better position. So this is what (laughs) this is what happens to America in just two short years. No respect. However, a good time for our president to get to know the leaders of certain third world countries. If I were president, they wouldn't have sat me back there and our country would be a much uh, would be much different than it is right now. Yeah. Thank you, Trump. Uh, yeah. You know, tomorrow, uh, Noel Kassler, who used to work for Trump, will be with us. So we're going to do all things Trump with him. So I'm, I've saved up a few uh, tasty nuggets. <laughs> I think there you said guy. Trump was in the 14th row. It was Biden in the 14th row. And um, so Trump wasn't invited at all. No. no. Well, you know, Dan, I know what Dan said was the president. I know you were, it sounded like he was oh, okay. still talking about Trump. No, I know. Oh, okay. I knew what you meant, Dan, that Biden was in the 14th row. And Trump's reaction was, well, I wouldn't be in the 14th row because I'm Trump. Okay. All right. Anyway. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of reasons they seat people with everybody. But, you know, hey, uh, the pre- U.S. president got uh, an exception to arriving because everybody else was supposed to arrive on a bus. And he had his, you know, traditional motorcade yeah. kind of deal because he is, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, president's not going to do the party bus. That's right. On Trudeau, on the other hand, came in a minivan that was all painted up like the Partridge family. He was just like, <laughs> I'm just hanging out in my t-shirt singing Queen songs. No respect. It's fucking unbelievable.
unbelievable. Um, and Dan, do you have any other stories that we might uh, relate to people? You don't have yes, to, but because uh, we... No, I just... Uh, there is one here that I uh, found very interesting. Infla- inflation is affecting the beers of Oktoberfest Uh-oh. in Germany. So Oktoberfest, I didn't know that Oktoberfest started before October, but it does. It started on uh, this past Saturday, ends on Monday, October 3rd. And this year, the uh, the one liter mug of beer will cost between twelve sixty and thirteen eighty euros. That's uh, sixteen bucks or eighteen twenty eight. Uh, it's an increase of about fifteen percent compared to twenty nineteen, which is the last time that Oktoberfest is on. So, beer goes. But there's all kinds of reasons for that. There's. Uh, uh, most brewing equipment is fueled by natural gas. Uh, there's prices for barley malt. The, uh, the hey, there's the uh, the cost of glass bottles. Is there supply chain, supply chain issues? Dan? Supply, supply chain, chain issues. You're I like right. to say supply chain. Bottle caps are up sixty uh, percent. Even the glue for labels mm. is in short supply. So mm. they've got a, a good excuse. But you know the price of beer is getting kind of kind of pricey in in your fests. Um, in England, they're telling the people to prepare for um, home heating costs to go up over this winter tenfold. Wow. Tenfold. And it may not be forever, but this coming winter because of the war in Ukraine. Like, it's where does the money come from? Yeah. Where do people get it? I read an article this morning that Zelensky is talking to, um, there's a big fund company. I, I, if I said the name of it, you would have heard of it. It's one of those dark fund companies that you go, oh, that. Yeah. They're talking about it. it. The first number he threw was $750 billion to help rebuild the Ukrainian economy. And, and this company might go around the, the planet to see a lot of it's going to come from, you know, ally countries. But sure. some of it's going to come from investment, people investing in infrastructure. And I thought about, well, that, you know, at some point this war will be over in some fashion. And investing in the rebuilding of that country might be a pretty good idea because it's going to be years and years of growth to rebuild all the infrastructure that has been destroyed. Well, there you go. Talk to the retirement Sherpa. This is what we're going to do. Hey, Sherpa, can we get some of that Ukrainian rebuild stock? That's right. He'd be the guy to talk to. Maybe you should go over and help him, Howard. Uh, with all my engineering acumen, Dan. Yes, that's what the Ukrainian people need. The little Jewish man, <laughs> the little Jewish man over there telling his funny Holocaust jokes. Well, Zelensky, he's a comic. The two of you can go on tour. That's right. Me and Zelensky will be in Peterborough at the Guild. Um, Fred, tell me a little bit about the retirement Sherpa whilst I play his theme. Well, that was a great example. You know, the retirement Sherpa is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. That could be a question that you would ask uh, Sherpa if he's your guy he becomes your guy what about that tim any possibility there and he'll give you the straight goods because he will analyze it he will weigh it look at the pros and cons and then determine whether that's a good investment for you that's what he does for everybody and that's why so many humble and fred listeners have come over to the sherpa side because the sherpa you know again he has the knowledge and the detail he's licensed on both sides of the border 
He delivers it all. He's the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Yeah, I got a big hug from the man uh, last week. I saw him at the golf course for the first time in a long time. He looks good. He definitely has slimmed down, and he played the entire round and uh, seemed to be in good spirits and uh, in better shape. Uh, Dan's News is also brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything you need to get your business online. Tomorrow we have another great GoDaddy interview uh, with somebody that has had great success and will tell you there's no better time than now to get it online. You can find your domain, create your website, and bring it to life with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. That's right. You can call and speak to a human. Uh, You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit card even required. How often, uh, you know, can you say that? Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Uh, that's it. We got to run. I got to go and get my uh, moles and skin tags looked at. Uh, it's great getting older. Thanks to uh, Jeff Lumby. Jeff and Julie moved to France. Thanks to uh, theater. You're like a quintuple threat now. Dan Duran and, as I mentioned, Freddie, Noel Kassler will be our guest tomorrow. And that'll be a lot of fun. If you have cancer, I just hope it's the early stages. That's all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, you know, there's the, t- the two schools of thought. You want to catch it early or, you know, if it's late enough, I can go right to my heroin dealer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Danny. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. You can email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com, and on whatever platform you're listening, like us and subscribe. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, keep me in mind if you want me to read your play out loud. And as always, <laughs> as Howard says, moles and skin tags aside, enjoy every goddamn day. Yeah.